Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think I'm like a cheap rebel Wilson. <laughs> Like, all the joy of rebel without the money. (laughs) You think, well, when I've gotten to where I always thought I would get, the sadness will go away, but sometimes it amplifies it, which I found in my case. Can you please put in the bio of this show, like, raw with Kashni Kemp and Tanya Hennessy chatting depression and sausage rolls. (laughs) I promise you. You know that song that goes, Galumph went the little green frog one day? What fucking frog goes galumph? Hi, I'm Keshni Kemp and I'm the editor of Who magazine. This is our podcast, Raw Talks. Raw and unedited, we'll peel back the layers to reveal the friend, the mum, the wife, the partner, the person behind the brand. Today on the podcast, we speak to Tanya Hennessy about struggling through depression, imposter syndrome, and using the dark stuff to inspire the light. Tanya Hennessy joins us this morning. Hi, Tanya. Hey, girl. Thanks for coming in. I had to. You made me. I know I did. You're a busy <laughs> girl. You're a busy, busy girl. You started in radio. You did the. You've been a comedian. You've been back in radio. You've written books. Mm-hmm. What is the most fulfilling for you? Oh God, everything. Is right. that weird? No. I like doing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I like writing because it's by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Like, how many issues am I going to bring up during this podcast? <laughs> we'll get there. We'll dig deep. Yeah, I know. I'm, like, nervous. Uh, yeah, I like writing because it's, like, you're by yourself and they're all, like, your ideas. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you work in radio, not that your ideas get watered down, but they actually get enhanced because you work with different people. But mm. your voice sort of somewhat gets diff- – it changes. Whereas yes. in the in print, it's your version of events, which I quite enjoy. Or you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> – in, in short, I'm a narcissist. <laughs> um, so you had your first video that went viral that most people will know you for. Your, they're so freaking funny. They're so funny, your videos. There are 10 things people say to your difference oh, between. Yes. I mean, your first one was um, the differences between 18-year-olds and 30-year-olds. Mm-hmm. You shot that in 2015 or we'll put it live. 15, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and but you'd been thinking about it for years and you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I didn't want to uh, be bad. <laughs> It's like, oh, what if I'm not funny? What if, like, it doesn't work? What if I'm not good? I'm just going to move this mic. Really relaxing. There we go. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I thought, like, what if it's shit? What if no one likes it? What if I'm in- embarrass myself? Because like, mm-hmm. I'd done stand-up and I felt like I really embarrassed myself doing that and I just didn't want to put myself through that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm so glad I friggin' did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, totally. I, get the, I guess the most um, asked question for you is, like, how do I grow a social audience? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, like... Why don't you exercise? That's from my mum. You know, I have like migraines and she goes to me, you know what will really kill your migraines? If you have a baby. And I'm like, oh, woman, you are desperate for grandkids. Like you will 100% get a migraine confirmed when you have a child. It's, right. It's not reverse. Yeah, it's- but sometimes I see people's kids like yours on Instagram and I'm like, oh, my God, I want kids. Yeah, but this morning he was throwing the massive tanty because he saw these muffins I baked for him and he wanted that for breakfast and not wheat bix So. Relatable. Um, daily. <laughs> yeah. 
True. Do you true. ever like go like you want to laugh but you also have to discipline them? Yeah, totally, totally. I find it really hard. Like, um, we'll be swimming, went swimming, and he's supposed to do everything every other child is doing. Yeah. And I say, do the like the alligator clap. We do the clap, and all the other kids are doing it, and he's like, no, no. And it's like, how could that? So funny he's that got you're his just own like, soul. I don't want to do that today. Once, I want to yes. do like a different song, and to say, no, you do the alligator song. song. <laughs> We're doing choreography. And enjoy it. I will have a stage child. <laughs> I will be putting you in fake tan and a wig. We will be doing toddlers and tiaras. Bring back that show, I say. Whatever happened to that? I love that show. Have you seen them all grown up? Mm-mm. A girl. I'll send you some. Send you some pics. That's what I need. <laughs> That's what I need from you. <laughs> yeah. So when that video, that first video went off, did you kind of think, all right, this is it, this is what I'm going to do 100% of the time, or I'll just give it another crack and see if I can get it again? Well, I thought, well, I've got this, uh, well, Jules Lund told me to do it, and he was like, keep going, Tanya, keep going. And that's like the best advice I could ever give someone, keep going. I know it sounds weird, but it's true. Uh, Momentum begets momentum. Uh, Positive begets positivity. Oh, I should be yeah, on a podcast girl. with crystals. Oh, girl. <laughs> Manifest, get your mantras out. Uh, but kind of, like kind of. I'm like kind of a manifester, like low-key. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's just like I've got to keep going uh, because, you know, I've had a lot of failure in my life and I got a little bit of success and I was like, I've got it now. I'm not going to let go. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep going because all I ever wanted to do was tell stories and be heard and for the first time, I was being heard yeah, and I was telling something that was authentic and truthful to me and it was resonating and it was exciting and mm-hmm. it still is. Mm-hmm. But I, I still remember that feeling of like, <gasps> oh, my God, you know, like millions of people are engaging with this and enjoying it and, I don't know, as a performer, <laughs> that's all you want. And totally. it took me to 29 to find it. Yeah. <laughs> Like it was a long fucking 29 years ago. Like I was like, someone look at me, love me. <laughs> and how did you feel Validate about like <laughs> reinventing, like, you know, chasing those numbers again and again? Like, was that pressure pretty high? I mean, a viral vid is not something you can guarantee. Not anymore. No. Don't you reckon? Like, yeah, totally. Like, digital, like the, it's so different now. I definitely uh, feel differently about digital now because I think I've, I did this video called um, like the realistic makeup tutorial and I was like on Vogue. I love that video. Yeah. I <laughs> watched it back the other day and I was like, this is not for me, but um, I'm very critical of myself. <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, I, I just it amassed so many millions and millions of you. Like, I know Ellen saw it. My friend's a producer for Ellen and it went through her offices and, uh, like, it, it, it went crazy viral. Mm-hmm. My life changed from that video. And um, I, don't, I don't feel the same about digital as, as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. And Our grounds changed. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's so difficult being controlled by that, right? Yes. Being controlled and, and as a creative, as in for an outlet, for your creative, you know, genius to be controlled by an algorithm. Yes, genius is, is really, the correct word. It's really <laughs> difficult. It's so hard. But then they go, you know, you speak to the, the platforms and you go, oh, you know, it's not going as well mm-hmm. as it was a couple of years ago. And they're like, well, you know, we're really uh, enjoying long form. And I'm like, well, I don't want to make long form for the sake of long form. I want to make Helen's piece of string. If my story is 10 minutes, then it'll be 10 minutes, but it's 12 uh, seconds, that's 12 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't like being told by a platform that's making money from me how to create my content. Mm. I don't enjoy that. It seems like it defeats the purpose. You know, yes. how these creators create content, but then we'll dictate exactly what it looks and sounds like. Yeah. A what? It's it, crazy. It, <laughs> so you weren't really from, I mean, it's you were working bait. in radio um, and you made this transition into entertainment and, and, and I, obviously you've always had comedic bones and blood in you. Yeah. I have a degree in theatre. I went to performing arts high school. Right, right. So you did the background work. Singer, like right. ukulele and a car. Oh, well, in that case, can you whip one out for us? I would. I was going to bring my uke and I was like, oh, that's obnoxious. <laughs> 
I, I, I must bread. admit, if I had to sit in the foyer with uh, ukulele, it would have been a little alarming, but I would have been enjoyed. I would have enjoyed it. I promise I know, you. I've got about three songs I can do on it because I'm going to do a live show this year, so I think I might sing in it. Love it. Yeah. So when you made this this video, all of a sudden you were kind of thrust into our industry, this entertainment industry. I mean, you're in it with radio, but it looks different when you're talent. not into Wombo. And it's like a bit different when you're like the the creative star of the videos. Mm-hmm. How did you find that transition into this world? Did you feel like it was welcoming? Did you feel like it was a bit scary? I was overwhelmed by it because I have uh, imposter syndrome. Do you have that? Oh, f- yes. Okay, great. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yeah, so I was constantly like, I shouldn't be here. Yeah. They're going to find out I'm a fraud. I don't think that ever leaves you. Especially for women, I think it's always a thing. I mean, a lot of girlfriends I know that I've spoken to about it, we all feel it. It, Sometimes it just manifests in different ways. Yeah. Like, can I actually do this? Oh, shit, I just did it. But can I do this bit? Oh, shit, I just did – yeah. Can I repeat it? Yeah. Can I live up to my own expectations? Should I stop now? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so when when I was, like, in the thick of it, I was doing castings in L.A. Like, I was in uh, Comedy Central – in LA with the Hollywood sign behind me. And I was like, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> like I was in the back streets of um, Tribeca with my US management and these American girls were like, Tanya, can we get a photo? We love your stuff. And my managers were like, whoa, like this isn't a back street in Tribeca, like wow. in New York. Like mind blowing. Yeah. And I was in these like crazy meetings with Funny or Die, which I still have a relationship with. And yes long story but i can't talk about it. yeah like i still have great relationships with the with people overseas particularly in the u.s i think my comedy resonates there for some reason i think i'm like a cheap rebel wilson <laughs> oh <my laughs> <God>. <laughs> like all the joy of rebel without the money <laughs> um so yeah like they're great over there but um The imposter thing was just constant. And I was Mm -hmm. like, when are they going to find out? Or do they know that I just fluked this? And so the whole time was like push and pull and push Mm -hmm. and pull. And I actually went back onto my antidepressants during that time because I felt uh, extremely uncomfortable with success, even though I'd been chasing it for a really long time. That's really strange, isn't it? That you kind of like – it's imposter on a different kind of level when you're in that stage. But even though you get there, you're still kind of like – I'm the one that shouldn't be in this room. It's your room, you know? Like, it's bizarre. I'm not good enough. Yeah. I'm not worthy. I still feel that way. Like, sometimes when I do TV, Mm -hmm. TV is the hardest, I think, because that's the thing I've always – I like, it's always like the the hardest one, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Maybe it has been for me because I don't look like a traditional television presenter. I don't present like a traditional television presenter. Um, But I studied at night to to, to be a presenter. And out of my whole graduating class, I was the only person who was – presented on television which is even weirder Mm -hmm. uh but when i do that that's when i have to like put a game face on and pretend Mm -hmm. a lot of comedians the best and i keep calling you comedian i don't know if you're comfortable with that title it's just part of who you are and what you do a part of um have a lot of like the lightness is inspired by the dark stuff Mm -hmm. is that the same for you oh yeah yeah i can like Every stand-up and every comedian that's, like, sad as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true, isn't it? There's, like, mm-hmm. the, the real – That I, sp- I suppose that's why we can connect with the humour and relate to the humour. Well, because I think most comedians are really uh, ob- observant people. They watch, they listen, they look. They're very considered. Uh, they're very existential, existential, looking at the world, looking at themselves. Where do I fit into this world? And it's a deep sort of thought process that – 
rotates around and then it's, it comes out the mouth as a reflection of society and that's what comedy is. So it, I think you have to go, yeah. So I teeter on that edge a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I'm writing the second book and I think there will be a, more of that in there, but i got to balance it because I think that my job is really to entertain mm-hmm. and I want people to be happy. I want to make people happy because life is fucking hard. Yeah. And how do you balance the two? Like you're um, – and we'll get back to this, that book number two in one second because that's very exciting. How do you balance like, you know, wanting to entertain and wanting to bring the light and obviously that you you struggle with being in the front all the time too? <laughs> like how do you balance the two? Do you have to like give yourself a strong fucking pep talk mm-hmm. every time you get out there and then when you're not in character? Like what? how do you do that? I don't know. I give myself permission to be sad and cry and (laughs) I don't know. You know, there's like huge celebrities like Selena Gomez who are like like very have intense issues with depression and mental health Mm -hmm. and mental health doesn't discriminate. And you think, well, when I've gotten to where I always thought I would get, the the sadness will go away, but sometimes it amplifies it, uh, which I found in my case. Mm. Fuck you and your fucking podcast. Uh, But, yeah, no, I definitely – like, I have such dark elements to my personality. Like, Mm. always, always struggle with mental health. Like, my depression is real. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that I manage with it is that I go, without this, I wouldn't be who I am. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just have to embrace when I'm down and annoying and overthinking because those those parts make me who I am. Mm -hmm. And I like who I am. Mm. And everybody else does. That's why you've got such an audience. Sometimes I I hate myself. great for people like you to talk about this kind of stuff because we often see you know people often see you know people killing it like yourself like selena gomez like celebrities who are on the front on the you know from what they can see absolutely killing it but it's so common to also struggle so that's great that you're able to talk about that and you're willing to talk about that because it gives people something to relate to because when i grew up and same with you there was no there was no one who looked like me on television. There was no one who sounded like me being reflected back to me in, mm-hmm. in anything. So I'm like, I've got to be that person mm-hmm. for somebody else. Yeah. So they go, oh, I'm like that. I can do this. And you haven't conformed. You've been yourself from the beginning and you've kind of <laughs> been yourself, which is great. No, but I thought I would change. But it's great you didn't. No. It's great. That's great. But I was I like, damn it. Why didn't I? Like, I thought, oh, like, if I get a bit of money, maybe I'll get my shit together. <laughs> bum, bum. In <laughs> maternity jeans. Not pregnant. Just comfy. Do you know what I mean? Like, I thought a lot I would change. Do, a lot of people do, and it takes away the shine of the individual because they just become a carbon copy of somebody else. I don't want to be. Because I, I look at some people and I go, Oh, that's great, and I love that you represent you. I would never shade anybody else, but that's not right for me. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I want to be me, and I don't know how to be anyone else. And yeah. I kind of like that I'm rough around the edges and confused and conflicted and up and down, and that's what real women are, and I want to reflect that back, and I mm-hmm. think there's a lack of that in the media. So I'm trying to bring that and be like, this is how a real woman speaks. This is how a real woman is. This is how a like we're complex people mm-hmm. and I want to show that complexity. We love you for it. On your And your fans on social as well, they loved you for it too. A lot of the feedback I've been going through, some of the comments and things, like creeping hard on your social. I never creep on my socials. I love it. I really love I'm it like, because they're, they're the video so dedicated to you and to your message and to what you represent. So that must make you feel good. Yes, but uh, because I've been trolled so much, I'm very careful with the comments and I had to go through a lot of like – um, <laughs> psychological help with um, comments and stuff because sometimes I would weight the negative comments 
like have give more weight than the positive ones. And then someone said to me, if you listen to the negative, you've got to listen to the positive. But if you listen to the positive, you've got to listen to the negative. Mm-hmm. So I sort of don't listen to any of them. Right. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of good ones in there. So when you get the chance. Because, <laughs> well, you know, if I'm having a real good day, I get on there and someone says, you're fat and fucked. I can't have a good day because mm-hmm. I'm I get I'm too sensitive. Yeah, it, yeah. it fucks me. And people go, "It's just the internet." I'm like, "Well, yeah, that's where I live." Yeah. So, yeah, I don't like that as an excuse. And I hate this. Like, haters gonna hate. It's so dismissive to people's feelings and emotions. And I think if you ever say haters gonna hate to a teenager or anything about bullying online to a teenager, you're actually really dismissive of their feelings and not validating them. And that really could lead somewhere really dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I encourage people to not use that language around anyone who's being bullied online, listen to them. Don't say, oh, that's just how the internet is. Mm. It's like fucked, a fucked thing to say to someone who's going through something really real. Yeah, it means something to someone, therefore it's valid. Yes. Yeah. And like I, I challenge anyone to go through life uh, whilst being online, being told you're fat and ugly and incompetent and untalented over and over again. Like it's just a tough thing to go through. So I can't imagine being a child going through that, which is why I work with Are You OK Day. Like mm-hmm. it's – Something needs to change. Yeah, yeah. You were saying, um, I have said to me before in private conversations about that haters page that someone set up about you. Mm-hmm. How did you navigate that? So you were working in radio at the time and someone yep. made a page. <laughs> I hate Tanya Hennessy. Oh, my <laughs> God. Who has the time for starters? I was literally like low-key flattered. <laughs> it's like, oh, thank you. I was like, someone knows how to spell my full name. How did you deal with that? Not the well. Not the well. Uh, well. Yeah, no um, well. Because the comments were on there, like, every single day when I was on air, they were, like, narrating, like, what they thought of me and their opinions of me. So getting on air every day, I was like, I don't want to do it. Mm. But, like, you have to. You're an entertainer. Like, that's what you're paid to do. So as you're dealing with that now to protect yourself, mm-hmm. just to stay off the comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because it hurt too much. And I, yeah. I went down for, like, six months and I was like, Ah, this is crap. This is awful. Like, blah, what do you do game. when you're having those days where you just feel like, fuck it? I lean into it. Yeah, right. Feel it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like watch TV and like have a cry and be braless and not see anyone <laughs> and shut the world out and then mm-hmm. start again. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like if I well, – and I talk about it to yeah. people. Like I'll talk about it to my, my mom or my boyfriend or my best friends because sometimes if you share it, it feels – like it's there, it's tangible, it's real, it's not just in your head. Mm-hmm. I, I really think articulating it is really good. Plus I see a psych <clears throat> really regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you feel like some, is somebody else being able to point that out in you and, and be able to kind of be a sounding board and hear you out is probably the best kind of support for you. Yeah. And to yeah. give you like real things like do you think you thinking that is uh, proactive or destructive? And you're like, yeah. oh, it's destructive. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank much. you, ma'am. Like I remember being on the a Skype call to my – psychologist underneath the table at Alan and Unwin before the day before my book came out being like what if people hate it and she's like what if people love it and you're like I was like I didn't think of that (laughs) (laughs) now you've caused more issues you fucking bitch (laughs) but no she was great she like you know but but like I like do it seeing a psych is great it's sort of like you like talking about yourself they like money. <laughs> get into get into that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But it really just helps you, like, get shit out. Yeah. Just even once you talk, talk about it. Plus, they've been paid to listen. It's like your friend who's like, oh, fuck, I've got a kid to pick up. You know? <laughs> like, they have to listen. Yeah. And the first book went really well. Yes. And I was like, oh. <laughs> just because in my mind, because I like to, you know, exaggerate things and, you know, think the world's going to come down. I was like, everyone's going to hate me. Everyone's going to hate me. This is going to be the worst thing ever. Opposite. 
thank the fuck, yeah, King Lord. Did um, you take the time to sit in that for a minute? No, because I was like, <laughs> next. <laughs> How can I get this option for it be a TV show? Um, which it kind of maybe is. Oh, pump the brakes. Long story, but kind of not, but kind of yes, but it's a process. Everything's okay. a process. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Like that mountain. What's the, like, what's it called when you have the the iceberg theory? You, know, you know see the little bit of the iceberg, right. but underneath it is like all the hard work and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So people see the iceberg and go, God, it looks great. And I'm here going, it's hard. <laughs> got all this work of <laughs> ice. I'm trying to lose weight and I fucking, everything is hard, but it's also good. Uh, You've spoken about that too, about body image and how you don't want to focus on that every day. You don't want to get up and think about your body every day. No. No, not going well. Or yeah, going well. No, it's like shit. <laughs> Don't, do you do this? Do you stress it? Like I'm like, I don't stress it. I actually think that after I have my kid, I kind of care less about that stuff. Yes. Like I just want to be like healthy. I want to have the energy to get through my day, and, and then I'm cool. Not be and dead by the end. Not of be it. dead by the end of it. Of course, like I don't want to be. You know, I want to. I don't want to obsess over it either. Exactly. It's just like not worth the time. Not worth the time. So I just want to feel good and be able to get through the day and chase my kid around, which is exactly. constant. And be able to do it instead of being like, oh, God. Yeah. Do, do that. People keep asking you, when are you going to have your next one? <gasps> yes. I was talking but then again, the my day. in-laws are Egyptian. So that was always going to happen. Do you remember <laughs> how I told you my version of what I thought your in-laws would be like? <laughs> yes. They would just walk around singing, walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> And they, they write in hieroglyphics and you're like, yeah, that's not how Egyptians are, you racist. Exactly. <laughs> da, 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 da. Your Thank husband's you gorgeous. Like, Thank you. Not in a weird way. Is it weird to say that? And I'm into that. Yeah. I like that. When people compliment my boyfriend, yeah. I'm so like, thank you so much. Like, I have done well. Like, <laughs> it's you. it's you so tick. Yes. But whenever I say it to someone else, I'm always like, oh, do I come off as like, Creepy. No, I'm yeah. into it. I'm yeah. into that. So thank you. He'll love that too. Mm-hmm. Just cut this paste for him and paste it for him later. Because so he, he won't listen to, to the whole thing. No, he won't. <laughs> my boyfriend won't consume any of my content either. Seriously. Like, what video did you like? And he's like, oh, the one with the nurse or dentist. <laughs> or dentist. He's like, the one where you were, you had a shirt on. And I was like, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> like, the, the one with the stripy shirt. I'm like, mate, you're not narrowing it. <laughs> what do your parents or family say when they, people ask what you do? Like, do they know what you do? Are they able to say, she does X. Like my dad would not have the slightest clue of what mm. it is I actually do between the hours of nine till whenever I finish. What does he say? Um, she works in the medias. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, how old is he? <laughs> like like, no idea. Do your do your family get it? Uh, yes and no. My mum's a librarian. Love her. Can you believe? Like I have the counter opposite. Like her job is to be quiet and my job is to talk. <laughs> like, we are so uncomfortable when we're around each other. <laughs> um, no, she's great. Uh, she's a, like the warmest, most maternal, <gasps> best mother I think ever. And I'm worried about being a mother because I can't live up to her. Like she gave me the best childhood. Like – so much so that I wish I was a child every single day to go mm-hmm. back to how great my life was as a child. Ooh, put that down for the psych to discuss later. <laughs> Peter Pan syndrome. No, but um, she gets it and she's like abnormally proud. Like the woman cries. She's like on Valium just to live because mm-hmm. she's so psyched for me. That's so great. Yeah. That's awesome. Ultimate cheerleader. Yeah, but she's always like, <laughs> I think I'm like, you can't come to events. You stop crying. <laughs> 
Stop. I think you would be the funnest mum when you want to do that because I know you do want to do that. So mm-hmm. when you want to do that, I think you would be the best. Like you'd be so fun. The other kids would be so jealous. I don't know. You would be. Like my boyfriend's about to call him my husband. I was like, jump the gun there. <laughs> my boyfriend will be a great father. Mm-hmm. That's the reason I think I could be a mum. Yeah. But I want to, you know, uh, what's it called? Seahorse it. You know, like men have the babies. So I'm sort of like, can't you just do it? <laughs> well, it's like you can in some countries. Well, Carry. that's true. Yeah. So. I just don't want to like be pregnant and birth it. I just want to have it. Oh, I'll just give it to you. Yeah, at like mm-hmm. 16. Right. And it can do the dishes and pay some rent. You oh, you, you, I thought you wanted to go back and have it when you were 16. No. Okay, no, no, okay, yeah, no. Yeah, that'd be great. And he, your man's been a constant support for you. You've spoken about him before and how he's kind of your go-to when you're not feeling great. Um, what has he kind of taught you about yourself? He's like the nicest man. I'm such a dick compared to him. <laughs> Like he, uh, we have a, like a quite a reversed gender relationship in that he's seven years younger than me. So there's that. He cooks and cleans. He's a chef. Uh, and I've never made the bed. I've never turned the oven on. I don't know where the iron is. <laughs> he irons everything. He like steam cleans the floor, which I think is cool. It's just like not my fault. <laughs> He's like, you're a mess. And I'm like, well, you're cleaning up after me, so who's the idiot here? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, my one job is to unpack the dishwasher. I'm like a baby. I'm like a child in you my a schedule own on the wall. Yeah. And yours is like one column. Yeah, and I've got stickers. Like, he's like, well done. Um, no, he's very – he loves to be – like, he has a lot of pride in the house and pride in – whereas I just don't care. I'm like, I'm creative. <laughs> um, but, no, he is, like, kind and genuine and has this, like, uh, soul – that I wish I had, like, I'm like, I wish I was like you. You are the person I wish I could be. And he educates me every day about kindness. So That is the nicest thing I've heard anybody say about their partner ever. Oh, yeah, he's amazing. You should come over for dinner because he'll, come. like, cook you a full meal. Can he'll... I bring my hungry child? He eats a lot. Bring that Actually, kid. no, I'll leave him. We can have a drink. No, I want the kid. Okay, so all right, I'll bring him. What's the biggest misconception about you? Mm, that's a good one. Sometimes I think people think I'm an accident. <laughs> oh, no, I mean like, that, it, well, that everything happened to me happened mm. by accident, but I think it's very planned and not planned. Do you think people think that? I don't think people think that. Like you're out there. Oh, okay. Creating I don't co- know. I don't <laughs> think people think that. I mean, maybe I'm alone, but maybe because I'm such a fan of yours, but I don't think people think that you got there by accident. You, uh, you work. Okay. You work. You uh, work. All right. Yeah, I do work and to the – detriment of my adrenal my system mm-hmm. uh i don't know what would be something that people wouldn't know about oh, well i'm a massive overthinker no people know that uh, i really like true crime i really am into the media industry like mm-hmm. and radio and the like i love tv ratings radio ratings i'm really into that sort of side is mm-hmm. that a pre no one would know that i guess mm-hmm. i yeah. can't read an analog clock you're a creative person, so you need that constant creative outlet. And I kind of have a bit of that in me. Like I get bored quickly unless I have a creative outlet in some way, in some form. I think that's why you're um, so successful. Like you're you're like a hustle. You're like me. You're on the hustle. Girl. On the hustle. Because you constantly kind of need that. And I think a lot of other people are like that where it's not even so much about, um, you know, hitting those specific career milestones. It's just about challenging your brain. Self. Yeah, and self. Do How do you kind of like challenge yourself in different ways? Obviously, you've got to have a job. But how do you push different parts of your brain to keep yourself kind of stimulated? What do you do? Oh, I go, oh, what if I – what's something interesting I could do on air? Oh, oh that's – Okay, like, uh, for example, someone named their kid Disney, and I thought that was really interesting. So I was like, what's an angle on that? Like, I don't want to do, is your kid, does your kid have a funny name? Or 
call up and I'll guess your kid's name. So I was like, okay, let's do 131060. Can we cast The Little Mermaid from our listenership? So I tried to get an Ariel, an Ursula, a Flounder, a Sebastian <laughs> and an Eric on the air. Amazing. And we got all but Flounder, strangely I enough. played Flounder once in a play when I was a child, so I could I could have helped Technically. Out. I thought maybe there might be a dog called Flounder or, you know, like those types of things are mm-hmm. exciting. Or I, I found out this stat that if your voice goes high, it means you're lying. So I thought I would get a vox pop of our radio show with people like, what do you think of Tanya Dillon and Angus? And people were like, I love it. You know, like, yeah, like, <laughs> and so like, I compiled a bunch of that um, and that is sort of like taking a concept but going, what else can I do with this? What Okay, what's basic? Great. Next. Can't do that. What's new? And like the other day I did a vlog of mm-hmm. how I did my life uh, because I've never done that before and that was challenging and sometimes I talk more vulnerably and I know that's challenging for me. Uh, uh, and I'm trying to – I'm learning to write television at the moment and that's challenging because I can be myself – okay, but how do you write other characters? How do you do an A and a B storyline? So I'm doing Judd Apatow's masterclass on learning to write for television and, like, fuck. So your challenge <laughs> basket is pretty full. I just, like, I was thinking one thing maybe. Like you've got, like, 17 yeah. things on the go for the challenge. I just I hate creating boring stuff. I want to challenge myself and I want audiences to be constantly excited by what I'm doing, going, oh, that's cool, or that's interesting. I didn't see it that way, like mm-hmm. – I'm doing a live show and I'm doing a bunch of breakdowns of kids' songs and I'm just trying to go, well, you know, how can I how can I make the audience see these kids' songs in a different way? Mm-hmm. You know that song that goes, Galumph went the little green frog one day? What fucking frog goes galumph? <laughs> <laughs> like what kid, like if you went around the, you know, went, hey, what sound does a horse make? Nay, what sound does a cow make? Moo, what sound does a fucking frog make? No one's going, ah, galumph, like r- ribbon. And then at the end of the song it goes, but we all know frogs go la di da di da what no which one is it galumph or is it la di da di da i'm here going it's probably ribbit you fuckers <laughs> that's how i spend my day <laughs> i love it your brain is like weird it's amazing yeah. i'm real into it so um, <laughs> book number two is on its way yes i just well i've not officially signed but all but signed mm-hmm. um with alan and unwin which is uh, who did the first one and they're like great people and the pr- uh, publisher and the publicist like they're young, they're like I think Kelly's the same age as me, so 33, and Publis is 29, and it's, yeah, perfect. And, and what direction do we go? Do we not let him speak about that just yet? <laughs> it's a parody. A book, oh, it is? A parody book. You have just moved to Sydney. Thank the Lord. <laughs> How are you finding it? You're Great. in the city. You love it? Yeah, I was commuting from Newcastle for a year. Oh, so anything would be better <laughs> than that. <laughs> oh, God, it was like it. So much, and I got so many spinning phones. <laughs> Not like just for like ten over, five over, or whatever. Yeah, just yeah, because yeah. The, if you travel that much, it's just this yeah. is what happens. Uh, but, but yeah, so I'm just like in Dulwich Hill. Mm-hmm. I'm really close to Piermont. I'm mm-hmm. close to World Square. I'm like in and out. I can do jobs quicker. Mm-hmm. I'm available to do more stuff. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, the work life balance thing. I don't understand that, and I I want to get better at it and and have that, but I just don't because I just really like to work. I really like to make things. I really like to be creative. And the only time I'm happy and fulfilled is when I'm working and my boyfriend Tom is always like, you know, if I'm if we go away for Easter or whatever and we're just like, buy a beach, I'm not into it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, go make a video, go film something, go write something, it's annoying. Yeah. Get out of my face. Yeah. Like because creativity is like a muscle and when you 
use it so often, when you don't use it, you notice it. Totally. I'll have times and I'm not in any way the same way as you, but I'll have times I'll be at home and, you know, I'll put X to bed or whatever and Jace is out. And I think, like, what I should be doing something, something right now. I'm sure there's something I should be doing. I like, definitely should do that. I'm constantly like, you just never chill. That's the overachiever. <laughs> you never chill out. Yeah. But do you also think that's like a state of um, how millennials are or mm. how we are as a society? We work in the media. Like, is this... Is this relatable to everyone? Like, does everyone feel this way? I don't know. Neither I do think I. I've got I've got friends who can switch off a little better than I can. Mm. And even in like in a you know in a massage or something. Like, if you have a time to go and do that, I'm still like like getting massaged and thinking about no, I've got to do this. And this is on the list, and then I have to do this, and this would be great when this is done. That will mean that I can do that. Then after that, that's how I think too. It's insane, and you don't want to be like that. No, but how do you get out of it? Tell me, Tanya. Tell me the answer. Well, I, I got. I went to a place that you recommended on Insta. Really, Venustas. Oh my god, this place so good. It is the best place. It's she, she was paradise. paradise. You went there, yeah. Oh, Paddington. It was the best thing ever. Oh, it's, it goes down as the top five it's, best things I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Birthing my child, going to Venustas. What would else be on that list? Marrying my husband. Oh, see, I was like, got him like a sausage roll or something. <laughs> Haven't you ever had like a really fucking good sausage roll and you're like, holy shit. No, I'm down for donuts. It's That's more my vibe. Yeah. I mean, I'm like a combo girl. Like I would go <laughs> one, one each. each. Yeah. yeah cause you, or a lamington. Like bring back I the – I love a lamington. You know like fucking the one thing I miss about living in a regional town because I lived in Griffith, Toowoomba, Canberra, Newcastle, Sydney, like <gasps> eight years. There are no local bakeries in Sydney where you can just get a pastry yeah. and a, a lamington. Basic, just a basic – Or like an egg and lettuce sandwich. Yeah, that won't happen probably. In no, Sydney. but I can get 18 types of Vietnamese, which I'm not complaining about. But would I like a saucy? Absolutely. <laughs> can you please put in the bio of this show, like Raw with Kashni Kemp and Tanya Hennessy chatting depression and sausage rolls? <laughs> I promise you. And you were meant to be on I'm a Celeb, Get Me Out of Here. Mm-hmm. You didn't go? No, because I uh, my pop passed away at the end of the year and I was like no. – and I also had a, a suicide uh, friend – took his life and I was like, I just cannot. And I knew that I wouldn't have been my best self in there because I would have been thinking about that and like, mm. and, I thought, amplified. and I felt like I couldn't put that onto the audience mm. and I couldn't put that onto the other people there. I couldn't do it to myself. Like, yeah. Too much. Just too much. Hard basket. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, like I'm pretty hard on myself in terms of like, I'm um, get back up, go, 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 go. But that was one of those times, you know, how I said I allow myself to feel it. That mm-hmm. was a good example of self-care where I was like, Nah. And you know, my gut told me. My manager was like, go, like, be fine. Mm. And everyone was like, you'll be fine. And, and I was like, I just can't. And I just knew it. Mm. And I listened to my instincts. And I think that's a good one. Don't you reckon? 100%. Totally. Like, I'm freaking out. I can't do this. Like, mm-hmm. stop. Otherwise, yeah. you'll have some breakdown at Subway again. In the jungle. And that's not the right place. Or the jungle. Or the also, jungle. I think the other thing they were like, oh, you know, it's 1,200 calories a day. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Um, who do you look up to who inspires you the most oh well my recently departed pop was like everything still is um he was a an entertainer and a singer and a radio announcer and he he passed at 92 and he was like the fucking baller best person alive i went to see him in hospital like the week before he died and i was like how are you and he was like there's birds having sex outside i was like (laughs) You, Perfect. my friend, are the best person alive, like the funniest person. Um, so he does and he um, and continues to do so. I still like feel him. I know that sounds super weird. Um, my pop and my boyfriend and any female who is doing stand-up and doing comedy and doing it well. 
and what is the dream for you? What would be the dream career? Um, I just want to make people laugh and tell great stories and not necessarily, not necessarily my own. I feel like I've told my own enough. I want to tell other people's stories uh, and make the world happier. Life is hard, you know. After everything that happened in New Zealand recently, it's like <sighs> there needs to be some light in <laughs> – I don't know if I can do anything to help make the world lighter for someone. And then I feel like maybe that's what I'm here to do. That's a great line to finish on. Yeah. I just want to tell great stories and, and be funny. And if I can be paid to do that, obviously that would be great. Cause like, Girls got to eat sausages and donuts. I don't come for free. I just can't be homeless because I did that for so long. <laughs> you know, like I lived on people's couches and everything, you know, but uh, I'd love to have a TV show and I'd love to show different women at different sizes and different races and different ethnicities and just being fucking ballers. It's not about that. It's about what's a great story, what's funny, what's relevant, and how can we connect. I love it. Thank you so much, Tanya. I love you, Kashni. You also. Let's get a snussy. And a donut. Thank you for listening to Raw Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to like, rate, and subscribe. And, of course, share with friends too. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details.